This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week I was joined by Nanzo Scoop and we discussed whether or not it's fair for Wales to compete on a smaller budget. That conversation took a while and uh, it was good fun. We talked about the new Liverpool cards, the new sports, uh, what Nanzo's been at this year. Uh, last time we spoke was back in May. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please do subscribe wherever you're listening. Nanzo Scoop, welcome back to the podcast. You were last on on the 20th of May this year, so it's been four months. Um, yeah. A lot's happened in those four months and there's a lot to catch up on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good four <laughs> months for me, especially the last uh, few weeks before the international break. I had a, I had a good time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> winning some rewards. <laughs> the big man is happy. Yeah, like I, I forget what the number was, right? But um, I could probably find it very quickly. It doesn't really matter. You've won a shit ton of rewards basically since we last spoke and you've almost, I think, doubled your, your win total. Um, in terms of actual like SO5 wins, you have 67 wins. That's first places, top of the podium, and 944 total awards won. Um, I'm going to have a look and see. I'd say you've won some decent ones recently. Geez, a Marioka super rare one back in game week 306, a Cody Gakbo rare, yeah. Alban Lafont rare, Joey yeah. Veerman super rare. Yeah. What have you been? What have you been on? I've been killing Edson the game. Man. I've, killing the game. Killing the game. Jeez, the Limiteds, Cody Gakbo in there too, Ronald Araujo. We're not even back at Game Week 300 yet. Evan Nielsen, super. Tapsaba, super. There's a wee unique. Amada. Okay, so, but but sorry, just to clarify, Devon Wrench, super rare. Elvedi, you, super rare. But you're not a whale. Uh, you're going to be here a long time to go through all my rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, jeez, man, you've been cleaning up. Um yeah, okay, man, I, so did something change? Did or is it just it's, time? It's just, it's just time and plan coming to fruition because when I self in this game, it was like the first 18 months was really to build my gallery. And I think this is one thing that people make the mistake of doing. They just focus on the lineups, 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 lineups. And that's great. But you need to focus for me, you need to focus on building your gallery. And because I want to compete everywhere, I have to build a gallery that can compete across all divisions and I think I'm there now so my buying has slowed down and I'm just more consolidating probably for the next 18 months or so so I've kind of got like a four-year plan when it comes to my little so rare project Uh, and now yeah I'm just I'm just playing the game I'm just playing the game I'm grinding I'm avoiding DMPs I'm doing all the things that everybody else does but I think I'm just working harder to be honest John I think I'm working harder than everybody in the game (laughs) There's people at home. Oh man, you're trying to bring the heat on, aren't you? Okay, so and look, but there is there's two sides here, right? And I think that again, there's there's so much to say here, and we'll probably get on to one of the questions early doors based off this. But I've always looked at so rare as like two axes, and I think we talked about this maybe last time you were on. I talked to someone about this recently. I talk about this every week, it seems, where there's like a hard work axis where like you can start in a very low budget and work your bollocks off and you'll win, or you can come in with a million quid and work your and not really work your bollocks off and you'll probably still win but if you find someone like you who is working their bollocks off and has a huge gallery you just churn the shit out of it like that, yeah. that that's like you've got both axes maxed out so you're like at the top right of the graph correct and i also think that the days where you can just have a big gallery turn up and win are kind of going and they're going to go you know because everything's getting more competitive and so you, yeah you know you need to put in that work and just having 
an expensive gallery doesn't mean you've got a big gallery. It just means you've got expensive cards sometimes. Um, whereas what you kind of need is a big, diverse gallery that will allow enable you to, to, to compensate if somebody's out of form, injured, uh, suspended or whatever. And I don't think... Um, yeah, so it's, it's people play the game differently, and the way I play the game is to have that that breadth of coverage. Whereby, if my players are not on form, I can drop them. Mm. Let alone if they're injured or suspended. I'm having a look there. Some of your uniques that you've picked up since we last spoke as well. You've 29 forward uniques, 50 midfielder. So again, about that depth. You know, pa- Perisic there actually over at Spurs now. He'll, he'll whenever he's kneeled, you know, he'll play. He's a good pick yeah. and a good fixture. He's very attacking there. Forty-five defender, sixteen goalkeeper. So you do have that depth even at the unique level. And are you are you winning a lot up in the the higher divisions? Or are you cleaning up mainly in the the sort of rare rare pros limiteds? Or where have you found the greatest success? I think it kind of varies. So at the moment, it it depends on the form of the players. So at the mm. moment, I'm I'm killing challenger because you know my Zenit players are coming good my um, Benfica players are coming good and I'm able to play them. And I think this is a mistake that people make is that I had people like, um, like Wendell, for example. At, when I first came onto the platform at the end of the season before last, he was killing it. Last season, he kind of had a mediocre season. Wasn't yeah. thinking about selling him, wasn't really planning much. But now he's come back into form. He's one of the first names that I put in my Challenger Unique. You know, and people like um, Jao Mario, who plays for Benfica. Um, he was somebody who last season got dropped by the manager, wasn't playing much, but I kept faith in his quality and now he's coming really good for me this season. And I think yeah. a lot of people, once somebody kind of drops off, they want to sell them and buy someone that's hot. It's almost the opposite of what you should do. You know, you mm. should kind of keep your players if you've got faith in them. Um, so I've kind of kept a lot of players, people like um, David Neres, um, he was killing it at Ajax. He then lost his place um, to a, to Anthony. So I think he was in the head of Anthony for one period the season before last. And then he went to Shakhtar and it's kind of like he wasn't usable. But I kept him, just mm-hmm. kept him, kept him. And now he's coming good at Benfica. Yeah. So it's this idea of, you know, you buy players for your gallery and having that kind of collector mentality whereby, no, I have faith in this player. I'm going to keep this player for three, four years. And... Mm-hmm see how it pans out because he's a quality player versus, you know, this player is going to be great for the next game week, which I think people are going more and more down with the kind of competitions now that are being released, like the specialists and stuff like that. I think it's almost gives people, for me, it's almost the wrong way of playing it, but I can get why people do it. It's almost like a a more of a potluck type approach. I I think like the larger (laughs) galleries, even at the level of gallery I have, I can sit on a player at rare, super rare, who isn't performing for six months, a year, two years and a half done. And then they might come back in or they might get the move. They might be good. I think on the lower galleries where the the struggle becomes is you buy a guy who's out of form. You're like, he's great value. He's historically shown great form. He's historically shown great scores. So imagine you come in and bought any of these guys you mentioned whenever they were dropped by the manager or having an average season. The problem becomes is maybe you're buying them to trade them or you're buying them hoping they rise in value. But whenever they rise in value because they're banging, it's very hard to sell them because you want to utilize them on SO5. And then it's normally too late before you realize, oh shit, he's out of form again and he's crap or he's been dropped or whatever it is. So it's that, it's that really hard balance of like having the, like, I don't know how to put this right, but let's say for example, you're Wendell. Okay. Arguably one of the best, if not the best at the minute, um, midfielder uniques that's there. You know, if you look at his scores over the last, 
you know, Zenit are just slamming it and he hasn't shot less than a 60. He shot less than a 60 once in the last four or five, like 10 game weeks or something. Anyway, my point is he's just on fire. Like, is this not in many respects, the perfect opportunity to sell that? But at the same time, it's different and unique, I suppose, to like limited or, or rare because you're literally handing that to one of your competitors. So it's very different and unique, maybe. Yeah, I think when I buy uniques, I don't buy them with a view to sell them. You know, they're almost like assets that you just hold and that you kind mm. of can get some yield off of. You can buy, you can get some super, super rares out of. And I look at them as like a more of a long-term play. So like if, I don't know, I've got a hundred odd uniques or whatever it is. If 10 of those uniques are really collectible, then that's probably a good spot for me in terms of my unique collection. But mm. I don't generally look to sell my uniques. They're just, it, it's a different game. I just don't look to sell them at all. Do you um, sell rewards? Mm. Other rewards? Yeah. I mean, I sold my Joey Veerman. Um, and again, a lot of that was just down to the price. You know, I think I sold him for like 7.3 ETH and that might be a bit low, but I looked at it like he's 23. He's going to be 24 last year. I'm learning from what I did, what happened to um, Singari. He was yeah. around 7, 8 ETH this time last year. And then when he hit 24, he kind of dropped off. So I know I'm not going to get the utility out of him, but then I've got more than enough players to compensate where I would play Veerman. You know, I've got Enzo Fernandez, I've got um, Mike Trezor, I've got a lot of players that are in form that are doing well. Um, so yeah. I sold him for seven ETH because I think that's a good good spot. And it's the same last year when I had um, Martinez. Um, I, I won him twice. Uh, yeah, the guy that's at Man, Man United now. Yeah. Uh, and I sold him you know, for like seven, eight ETH one of them and I think I sold another one for like three ETH but yeah I, I'm not averse to selling players when I feel like they're at the top um what I tend not to do is sell them when they're rock bottom and I feel like they can come back yeah. <clears throat> hold on to them it, it, you said your spending's gone down now you feel like your gallery's somewhat complete does that mean that when you win these and you sell these are you withdrawing that ETH are you saving up for more uniques are you putting it in other NFT projects are you paying yourself a salary like what's what's the play uh, I think right now it's probably kind of maybe accumulates me at the moment. Um, mm. I, 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 you know, I look at it like ETH is is down in price, and if if you want to accumulate ETH, probably now now is probably the time if you believe that ETH is going to go to crazy numbers. Mm. Um, so so I'm looking at like accumulating some ETH a little bit, uh, but yeah, the temptation to to and also finding bargains. If I find someone that's value for money. I'm still going to be in there and I'm still going to be buying yeah. what I think is value for money. I think I bought a, a Diogo Jota Liverpool for like one and a half ETH for a super rare. Um, yeah. And I, to me, that's value for money because he's kind of in and out of the Liverpool team. Um, it's not certain he's going to start for Liverpool. But if he does go on a run, a good run, like he did at some points last season, you know, that can easily double, triple him in value. Um do you know who I think is the best value in the world, Lanza, when you should just go and buy? And I should probably buy, but um, don't have to keep just spending ETH on silly things. Costas Simicus at Liverpool. Okay. Robertson's been rotated a lot, you know? Robertson yeah. isn't as nailed as he once was. He isn't the most, like, bulletproof player like he once was. I'm just, like, and I know this mightn't happen, but I'm just predicting that maybe Robertson has a little spell on the sidelines. 
And if he does, you're getting a Liverpool left back starter super rare who's on set paces for 0.7. Even you could probably get it less than that because there's always one or two in the market. People keep selling. I just think I might pick up a Simicus because how much is he, how much is he going for? 0.7, did you say? 0.7 is the floor of the, of the super, but I mean, like his rare floor is 0.17, so you might get that card for about 0.5. I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe it's shit, maybe it's wrong, but I think if you've got that longer-term view, I mean, this is a guy who will start at left-back on set paces for Liverpool in games. Do you know? Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. The, the issue is predicting those games, but I think there will become games that are very predictable, is, is what I'm thinking, because I don't think Robertson is as 100% nailed as he once was. But maybe I'm just full of shit. I'll, I'll say this. I think it's the right thinking. It's not something I would necessarily agree with. I don't know if it will displace Robertson. But I think it's the right thinking. Finding that player that is undervalued, that you think could come into the team or get a move mm. to another team, um, and going for that long play. You know, In crypto, yeah. we often talk about like um, low time preference versus high time preference. And I think the people that kind of win in games like this, like SO5, are those that have got a low time preference and you buy stuff now and you're happy to sit on them for a year because you know that in a year's time or you believe in a year's time they're going to be in a lot better space. Um, and that's oft, often going against the herd because at the moment the mentality from a lot of people when I watch podcasts and stuff around so rare is, what am I going to get in my specialist? What am I going to put in my specialist for this lineup? Yeah. Who am I going to buy this week? Oh, I need to sell them. When It's like, that's kind of not the way i would play so rare yeah um i think the difference as well sorry by the way for content like because you're if you're seeing that on content i think the difference with content is that you want something to do so like i will sometimes go and just like overpay for absolute dummies who might have a good fixture this week for content but that is by no means what people at home should do do you know what i mean 100 percent it's kind of like FIFA guys ripping open 40 grand's worth of packs. Like, I mean, that makes sense because that's what you do, but like someone at home should absolutely not do that. <laughs> so it's like going and building a, a specialist thing, team and me doing a stream and spending 50 quid, 100 quid on some limited specialist team. I mean, that's, I'm almost paying to create the content. But then if people at home think that that's what you should do, that's flawed, I suppose. Yeah, and also I think it gives people a misleading um, idea on how to approach the game. I mean, I think I saw one of the uh, the Twitter comments was like, oh, you know, a million dollar gallery versus a hundred. Let, let's just, <laughs> just do, do it. it. Let let's me read it. it. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Simply Alex said, do you think, do you guys think it's fair that someone like Nanzo, that's you, with a one million plus gallery competes against people that have just started at the game on less than a hundred quid? I should open up my popcorn. <laughs> first thing first. <laughs> Life is not fair, and simply Alex should know that. Life is not fair. Like, this is what I tell my daughters, like, or three of them, from the age of two years old, life's not fair. Like, mm. that's just life. And also, I think that if you're telling, telling me that with $100, you can compete in a division, so I, the lowest division I compete in is limited, right? You yeah. are not competing in limited with $100. You are basically taking a punt with $100. In, yeah. any, in any limited competition. I don't care what you tell me, you are taking a punt. And I think that the idea that people, if you've got $100 and you're playing in the academy, I'm sure that might work out for you. But the idea that, you know, people could like take me out and all the people with a handful of people with a million dollar galleries out of limiteds and you're going to start winning with $100 in limited is just a fallacy because the real people you need to compete against are people like Simply Alex who has a 
$20,000 limited gallery or whatever it is. You know, it, 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 it's, the, it's the limited wells that you need to be worried about because they spend more time in the limited cars. And, and that's fine. And, that, and that's part of the game. And I think what people don't realize is that if I was new to the game now and I was starting off and I had $100, I would not think about competing in limited. I'll think about yeah. how can I raise the money to get to five grand, 10 grand and play limiteds across the board. And that's how I play the games. You play across the board because it gives you the best chance of winning cards. Um, and, and, you know, if you haven't got the cash yourself, which I understand people don't, you know, it's having that, you know, if I'm 21 again and I haven't got no money, I'm broke, you know, I'm working a kind of crap job that I was working back then. I would be going out there and I'd be making my pitch to people that I know have some money to go and loan me five grand. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is, this is the mock-up teams that I've got. And this is the, you know, I'm going to be killing people's ears to borrow me 500 quid or whatever. But if I believe that I'm good at this game, right. But first mm. of all, you need to establish that you actually are good at this game. If you had the cards and you can do that by doing mock teams and seeing where you would actually finish if you had the players that you'd want. And then you might realize that you're not, as good as you are, you might realize that you're absolutely excellent at the game. Um, but I just, I just feel like just telling people that you can have a hundred, a hundred um, pounds and you can win an Mbappe that's worth two grand. is delusional. Like it's yeah. absolutely delusional and people, you, you might win it and that's great. You've like won the lottery and that's great, but that's not the way you approach this game. It, and I, and I feel sorry for people because this is a very expensive game to play, even at limited level. It's a very yeah. expensive game to play seriously. And I'm, we've talked about like holding on to cards for a long period of time that are not doing well because you think they're going to come good in a year's time. And I understand that a lot of people can't do that at limited level. And that is a problem for the game. But this idea that by just getting rid of the, the whales is going to make it easier for everybody else is it, a misnomer. Like the fact that I've got uniques has got no bearing on, my, on what I do in limiteds. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's um again a very a very obvious case of don't hit the player, hit the game. You know, the game is open to everyone. Um I think where what so rare do to try and solve this problem of people coming in and dominating divisions is the underdog and specialist where maybe knowledge can be rewarded. Um that doesn't necessarily just need a bank account where if you come in and you do the research and you find the players or you you pick the guy with the low average who you think is going to come back this week because of X or Y or Z, he's back from injury this. You know, that's what those divisions seem to be for. I don't necessarily I don't agree. I think that the question is is written in a in a way as Alex quite often does to to inflame a bit. Well, you might believe it or the crux of it. I think saying, like, that's kind of picking the extremes. You know, it, it's a much, it's the million versus the 100 quid. As I say, as you say, you know, people putting a 100 quid limited team in, it's not going to realistically compete. It's a punt. It's a lottery ticket because people are going to have teams where one player, not not one player is worth less than 100 quid. They've just got an all-star lineup. Um, excuse the pun. But I think with this sort of question, then it becomes a case of, Okay, Alex. Well, if Nanzo at a million is if that's not fair, why is you at twenty grand fair? Why is me at two hundred grand fair? Why is such and such at eight grand fair versus the hundred quid? And that's why there are academy divisions and casual divisions for those hundred quid people. Quite literally, I think. And it is that it is an unfortunate thing about the whole like as you say, life isn't fair, capitalism, baby. You know, everyone can't just play because they want to play. This is a game of money. You know, you don't walk into 
um, the Bellagio and sit down at the the million pound stakes table and say, I want to play. Yeah. And they say, well, you can't play. You need a million quid. You go, well, how the, how, how the fuck's that fair? Well, it's just because you don't have a million quid. How you meant to, how you meant to, what? What, yeah. what are you on about? How you meant to play poker with us? You don't have a million quid. And you're not going to sit there and go like, well, that's unfair. It's kind of the same idea, I think. Um, now, th- there comes that ethical dilemma, this this white knight of the community and purist thing that people do, I think, where they kind of go like, well, you shouldn't compete. Like, you shouldn't compete on your, your budget. You know, how is it fair that you with uniques and super rares and competing in under 23 super rares and pros in this, you're down here taking all the beginner's rewards. And then the people think they're being like this white knight and they're, they're, they're calling out this unethical thing that's happening. It just goes back to it. Don't fucking hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. The game needs to evolve. The game needs to change. And there will be better free to play versions by all accounts, according to what so rare say. Um, but at the yeah, minute, but- while I think that question, you'll get a lot of new players going in, like banging the drum and the pitchforks. I think ultimately it's a it's a nice conversation point, but I don't think it really has any merit because that's just the fucking game. Yeah, and I think people need to really go through the whole game theory of what they're <laughs> suggesting. So, okay, big whales, whatever you define as a big whales, don't play limiteds anymore. How much do you think your limited Mbappe is going to be worth? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That, you, you're assuming that it's still going to be worth two grand to somebody. Well, who is that somebody that can afford to pay two grand? Yeah. And and I think the people don't often see that part, part of it. You know, you get some people who in these limited divisions might win a, a rare Messi, for example. I think someone won a rare Messi a few weeks back. Well, he's going to try and sell that to a to a whale, right? Who right? can afford mm-hmm. to pay whatever, 5e for 6e for Messi. Um, and so it's like, it's like a, it's, we need each other. That's how it works. You mm. need people. Because I remember when, do you remember when a bottle of joined the platform? Yeah. It was a notable spike in the activity of, um, of trades around the whole system. They must've all yeah. just gone up just because one, one person with a whole lot of money came in and decided to splurge. And there it's was a, a trickle down. Up to, yeah, it's a trickle down, trickle down to everybody. So it's like, it's easy to hate the whales because you don't see the benefit that somebody who comes in and decides to splurge half a million quid or a million quid on cards has for everybody in the system. Um, mm. And I think just kind of having that holistic view that I know a lot of crypto projects that had whales and how they did when they had whales. And then when they didn't have whales, what it looked like when they didn't have whales. And trust me, if they could have those whales back, they will take them back with all the thoughts and whatever else goes with it. So I think it's kind of be careful what you wish for on projects like this. You want people with money to come in. You want people with low budgets to come in with high budgets to come in. You want everyone to play the game because that just helps mm. everyone. Someone, uh, I'll just read a couple of the replies to it as well to see if anything else comes of it. Um, the most liked reply that got a bit of engagement uh, was from Ian. So rare shout out to Ian. I'm a 100 quid player and it doesn't bother me. The main reason I like so rare is I could be against a PSG stack with my SPFL team and I could win. I think if you're on a small budget, you just have to be realistic in your chances of getting prizes. Mike Wagner completely agrees. So it is, it's that type of idea where I think if you're coming in on that budget, you need to realize that you're trying to use your age or your knowledge in like, for example, the SPFL, maybe you're building a, a heart stack or I don't even know something really niche. And you're hoping to just one week because this is the week because you've done the digging and you've picked the five players for the 42 quid. And this is your lottery ticket that you're, you're buying, you know, and you can essentially sell that lottery ticket afterwards for maybe a reduced price if the fixtures aren't so good or if they aren't underdog or specialist eligible. But the point is, like, I don't think people on that budget 
expect to win. But if we if we rephrase the question and said, is it fair that people on a two hundred grand gallery can compete with people on a two grand gallery? It's like it's just this infinite kind of I don't know moving. I don't know. It's a really hard question because what is the limit or what is the point at which it's unfair? And I think like the whole point of specialist and underdog is to try and go against that where people can't, just can't buy the biggest stacks, you know, with the, the two player limits here and whatever else. Yeah. Maybe right. there'll be another game mode in the future where it's very similar or where maybe there's a budget attached to it, like based off average recent sales, you can enter a team up to a value of X or maybe that's a thing that could be done. But I mean, I'd say that, what are they going to do? Like... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind them having different parameters against which people can enter. You know, L forties, you know, maximum of this amount of budget for this team or whatever. But the idea that someone can't enter because they happen to have a gallery of X size that has, you can only put in one team of five players. Like, what are you afraid to compete for? The way I look at it is, you're afraid to compete. You think I'm better than you because I put in the work and I'm really good. <laughs> And you're facing this, come down there and, and whoop your asses. Come on, let's, but let's see, compete. I, let's but compete. I think, but you, Lando, let's compete. Let's have fun. It's a game, I, right? But I think that's that's full of shit as well because no, they're not, not annoyed. Game. They're not it's annoyed about that. That what they're annoyed about is the fact you've a million quid and they've got a hundred. They're not annoyed about the fact that you're better at the game than them. I think a but lot of these people. Quid. No, no, no. I'm not having that, John. That's not right. That's not right because if I've got a million quid in the game, right, then. 900,000 of that is not in limiteds. Okay, 100,000 versus 100 quid. Whatever it is, right? What it is, is that this yeah. is a limit. This is the limited division, right? And it's not my fault that Mbappe's cost two grand. You know, I'll put I, my Mbappe. I don't think it's your fault at all. It's not your fault. It isn't your fault. And <laughs> I don't think you're doing market, anything wrong. Right? But what I'm market. saying is, I don't think these people are annoyed. I don't think they're saying come and compete. It, it would be come and compete on like fair terms where it's like, five grand versus five grand, who's better at the game? But I think at the minute, it's like, yes, you could be shit hot at the game, but when you've also got the, here I am fucking fighting the other side, even though I think it's a completely non-argument, but let's say you've got 50 grand and they've got a grand and you're competing in the same division. I don't think for a minute they would go, oh my God, I, like, I'm afraid to compete. It, it's, it's the fact that you're competing with different levels of teams. They right. can't pick the Gakbo if they want to pick the Gakbo. Right. They can't pick the Donnarumma if they want to pick the Donnarumma. Whereas you can pick any player you want. Look, my perspective, all I want to do is compete, John. I want to compete at every level. I want to yeah. compete. If we were playing commons and you got your cast for free and I got my cast for free, I want to compete against you and I want to beat yeah. you at commons. Like, let's compete. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about, like, if, if, if me competing means that, oh, I can buy a Gakbo for this much and I can buy that much and it helps me compete, you're buying them so you can compete, right? You, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and if if you want to do a specialist thing where oh I can only pay players that are under forty, I'm going to do my research and I'm or I'm going to look at my gallery and I'm going to put my players in so I can compete. Like this is a competition; it's game, it's fun. Like what's all this seriousness about? Like oh my god, <laughs> this guy's got this much money. If you win that card, you can go and sell that card for that much money. You can take your five hundred pound gallery and and you can triple your money. Like why are you complaining that players cost that much? Because that gives you something I, to aspire to. I don't know. I just don't understand that logic. I don't understand I, I think, it. so first and foremost, I think there's like two, we're in a separate conversation now. For what it's worth, I think there's no issues or anything. I'm, I'm not against the 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 big galleries competing in, in limiteds at all. We've already kind of chalked that off. This yeah. debate now is a different debate. This debate is about you saying, essentially, stop the moaning, come and compete. But what I'm saying is, 
people, I don't think they're moaning because they don't want to compete. It's about compete. Imagine I said to you, let's play football. All right. We're going to play yeah. football. Yeah. You bring four of your mates and I'll bring eight of mine. Let's see who wins. You'd say, well, that's not fair. How come you get to bring eight mates and I only have four? And you say, and then me with my eight plates, mates go, what, do you not want to compete? Just come and compete. And then you go, as the, the guy before me, saying, well, this isn't fair competition. <laughs> the whole essence of competition, if you actually define competition or sportsmanship, it comes right back to the crux of fairness. And like, so the, the question isn't about people wanting to compete. It's about the fairness of a million pound gallery versus a hundred pound gallery. And again, for what it's worth, I don't think that's your problem at all. That's a so rare problem. So, I, yeah. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. So what you're saying is that, you can't have players that cost a certain amount of money because forget the million no, pound. No, I'm that, not saying that, that. That's, that's what, but that's what it comes down to because my gallery has got nothing to do with the five players because I'm not allowed to put in eight players against five. I'm allowed to put in five of those. But it does. And the best thing is, and the thing you don't realise and people don't appreciate is that if I have in a million pound gallery, yeah, if I, if I have, I don't know how many cards I've got. If I've got 400 limited cards, I can only play 60 of those. So 85% of my cards are redundant every single game week. They are redundant. Okay. They sit okay. there. They do nothing. They're out of the system. They're not competing, not competing against them. They sit there, right? I'm not one of these people. I could easily have like 16 dummy accounts all at a thousand pounds each or whatever, or 10 grand each or whatever it is. And I could submit those, get my mum my to submit some, get, get whoever to submit some and, and do it that way. If but I don't think that's, that's got, the point. What is the what is the point? I don't get the point. There's no point because the, po the point the point isn't necessarily what you've got in the bench or what you don't play. The, the point is that you could put as I do actually. By the way, I'm the same here, right? My my under twenty three limited team I put out each week is Donnarumma, Trent or Upamecano, um, Chavi Simons or Ashuamani or someone like that, and then I've got Mbappe and Haaland. The the point isn't about the size of the gallery behind it or whatever. The, the point is that. In terms of fair competition, this is this is the kind of the, the debate I'm having here in my head. I don't know what one we're having, but it's the debate of like fair competition, right? And again, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. We're playing the fucking game. But in terms of like an ethical thing or talking about it, you cannot tell me that people are like the, the statement about like not wanting to compete and just come and compete and stop moaning about this i mean ultimately it is fair of people to kind of moan from this that's front right. if they're going no but if you're saying i've got 85 players in the bench that's fucking great right well if you just go okay well i'll have mbappe and i'll have haaland and oh let me have joey veerman and let's throw in donnarumma and hakimi great that is not fair competition it is fair because the person can put in whatever they want but let's forget about that for a minute in terms of the game on the day, I don't think people have any resentment towards the fact that you have a bigger gallery. It's more about the fact that they can't pick the players that you can. So you can't say it's fair competition because you can pick whoever you want. They have to pick from a lower budget. They can't pick Gakbo, even if they think he's the best fixture, and he's on form, whatever. They can't pick him. They can't pick Mbappe when he's up against Nice. They can't pick such and such when he's up against such. So it's like, it's the inability. It's like, having a boxing match and chop one of their arms off, they can't do what you can do. So it isn't inherently fair, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be allowed from a so rare perspective. So, so they does that make play, sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So they want to play a different game is what you're saying. Because yes, you did have, they want you to play specialist and underdog and that's where they should go and fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but God. You, you did have that, that game. I can't remember what it was called. 
it was like an academy game where you could submit any players in it. Oh, so rare! It was so rare academy. So academy, it? Sound like it was called Soma Academy. Well, why didn't that take off? Because that's the game they're talking about, right? Where I can go yeah. in, I can play any single player I want, five players I want, and compete. Why didn't that take off? Because that's exactly the game. Yeah, fair. That's the game that everybody wanted. That game would be like the biggest game since sliced bread, twice as good as so rare. Because that's the game they're talking about. But, but it's, it's a shit game because everyone just picks the same players every week. <laughs> Yeah, so my point. Yeah, look, it's an interesting yeah. one. Look, it, it is an interesting one. I'd love to see uh, people's takes on this conversation in particular on Twitter. But um, uh, I was trolling a bit, but like I, I, I know find you it, are. I find it funny. I just I, know, funny. I, I do. I know you're trolling, but it's like I was sitting thinking, like he's re- he's really poking this fire, and I'm like, I can't not say anything because people are going to give me shit if I let you get away with it. So anyway, look. Ultimately, I think uh, Jesus Alex's question has took up the first half hour of this podcast more or less. <laughs> Um, do you think it's fair that someone like Nanza with a million gallery competes against people that have just started the game on less than a hundred quid? I do think it's fair. Oh, fuck this. We're moving on. I was yeah. about to go down another rabbit hole. <laughs> right. So uh, a big thing that happened this week was Liverpool. Uh, we're now sort of the platform. So Liverpool have been renewed. It's not the Premier League. We kind of knew this was coming, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, with uh, the mess ups in terms of you know, the crests and badges around the site, updated images, the, the same usual stuff. I mean, I was looking at Liverpool cards two weeks ago on a live stream through mm-hmm. the SoRare site. They were already on the site. So we knew Liverpool were coming and we knew that the other players from the Premier League weren't there. So this this was known. You know, it's it's a two-sided thing. So I think first and foremost, we focus on the positive and the fact that Liverpool have been renewed. One of the biggest clubs in the world. Big, one of the best two clubs yeah. in the Premier League, arguably. Um Maybe not at the minute, but Liverpool are back. The positive side of that. It's good. What do you think? I think it's brilliant, right? Because at the end yeah. of the day, so rare is trying to corner this market, right? And if you've not got the big players, then it's just not going to work. And if you can't get a premiership for whatever reason, um, the next best thing is to get the top six clubs, right? And we've mm-hmm. got one of the top six clubs. Um, and obviously the fact that we had Liverpool for a season, for a season and we didn't have them for last season. They tried other stuff. And then they've come back to so rare, realising this is the place to be. Stands us in good stead. So mm. I think there's nothing but positives with getting Liverpool back on board. And I think once people see, or other teams see, how successful Liverpool have been, um, rules allowing, they would want to be on board as well. So so I think it's only a positive. Yeah, it's, it's exactly I agree. It's only a positive getting them on. We've seen it like in the early days of so rare where they'd land the Real Madrids and the Juventuses and the, I don't know, did they get PSG early days? Can't remember. Uh, the Bayern Munich, I remember, was a big one. And landing these clubs kind of paves the way for the smaller clubs in the league to follow suit when they see how much money these clubs are making from it and how much exposure they're getting. And whenever, I don't know, if you, if you get like a, a Liverpool now, not that it would actually matter as much with Liverpool, to be fair. I was thinking more like, you know, the more niche clubs and the smaller clubs now get the engagement through the so rare community. Like that's a whole wave of people that all of a sudden love a love a Hans Van Nicken. And Liverpool don't necessarily need that engagement because they're they're bigger than that. But at the same time, I think it's it's only a positive that Liverpool are here. Let's go on to the bitch fest again. So <laughs> so um it was kind of funny. Um 
I think Liverpool or so rare tweeted about it, and then I think so rare commented under it, trying to be like, "Yeah, let's go," and they commented and tagged YNWA. Yes, and they were like, "At YNWA, where you at?" or something. I can't even remember what the comment said, but it was along the lines of like, "Hey, guy, you're excited? We've got your club," and he literally just shot on it. It was like, I forget what he said in in return to that one, uh, but I'll read this tweet out. Uh, sorry, Nicholas, you know, I've been your biggest advocate since day one of this incredibly journey, but this is an absolute joke of a launch. Uh, quality control on cards, auction scheduling and prizes has deteriorated over the last 12 months. This image confirms a new low today. Who is responsible? And it's just this image of the three cards of Tiago Alcantara, Darwin Nunez and Andy Robertson. And it is a very fair image. Um, when we have a look at it, Tiago is lit completely differently. Darwin Nunez is a midget. He's shorter than Andy Robertson and Tiago. Um, and he's very dark lighting. And Robertson's there as well. Um, he's probably more standard compared to the rest of the cards. And I've been thinking about this. And part of me wonders, like, in terms of the media day or the taking of photos, it almost looks like Tiago went at either a different time of the day or a different day altogether, or the light broke. The fact that Darwin's solo on the card is inexcusable really i mean you're selling these nfts for tens if not hundreds of thousands of pounds and euros to not actually curate each one what the fuck's that about am, am i wrong you're not you're not wrong i think i think i'm going to try and be balanced having been okay. completely unbalanced so far in this uh podcast yeah. i'll try and be balanced <laughs> in this one okay you could be balanced i'll be the troll okay okay so i'm gonna be balanced so i agree the images are bad. However, it's not the first time. If you mm. look at something like FC Tokyo, I think I've seen some of those. They're, they're, they're dark. They've got this darkness about them and they're horrible. Um, I think it's, 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 it's exacerbated because it's Liverpool. It's a flagship. It's a big, yeah. big club. One of the biggest clubs on the platform. And they are crap cards. I 100% agree. They're crap cards. But I would say this, they're not the first set of crap cards. And that probably makes it worse rather than better. So that's the first part. I agree. They're not great looking. The flip yeah. side is this, right? We're in what, end of September, right? So they've obviously taken their time to get this deal across the line. They've got this deal across the line. And they've shown an urgency to get these cards onto the market, right? So the question is, because we're all about utility, we want to use the cards, would we have been happy to wait till the beginning of November to get the shiny cards that look great and have them launch it then a few weeks before the World Cup? And everybody bitch about how long it took them to get the cards out. Or mm. do we want the cards as soon as possible so we can go and use them, play them in there so five and be excited and blah, blah, blah and whatnot. So I think that's the part that we don't know what's taken, what, what it is behind the scenes and why they, they might look to the cards and said, well, this is, these are crap photos and this is the best we can do with them. And let's just get them out. Um, mm. People want to play the game. They want to play SO5. Part of it's our fault because we haven't prioritized collectability. So when they've done special edition cards and cards that have got all great stuff around them, you know, they just get relegated to being normal cards because nobody really sees them as being particularly collectible. Um, so I think so rare I've got used to, let's just get the cards out as quick as possible because people want to use them in SO5. And that, that results in things like this, where you've got cards which are not quite up to par, but are released and we will still buy and we will still use. And um, yeah, and you just hope for the next one if there's a next run of the same cards this year, that they are better quality. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. You know, crap cards, however, you want to get them out there because people want to use them. 
Yeah, when, when I look at this, I think so rare. There's parts of it that I, I look at and I go, okay, so rare we're dealing with the photos that we're giving them. So the different lighting, while well, you can color grade that and correct it, and a good graphic designer should be able to do that to some sort of level. It also it does make it tricky. The, the, the midget card's a bit much. <laughs> you know, the midget card's just negligence on a card that's worth tens of thousands of pounds. Like, I mean, it's a bit much. Uh, I found the tweet from, from YNWA. Um, basically so rare tweeted under the announcement saying somebody check in on blockchain YNWA please he was on a flight I think I said congratulations he retweeted it and said congratulations on they, like, I, I love this the fact that they're so excited they're like oh let's tag yeah, him yeah. let's get him you know <laughs> congratulations on the partnership but as pointed out when the images were leaked a couple of weeks ago the quality and overall consistency of the photos and and how some sit on the cards for example darwin is very poor fans like me should be excited not disappointed on launch day i see if to say so rare didn't reply to that one <laughs> get that on their twitter but did it stop yeah. him from buying the cards? No, it no, did not. It didn't. It just got to, he has a red hair. Oh, no, I'm not going to squeeze him with red herring because I think I'm in enough trouble as it is. But, you know, he's going to buy the cards. People are going to buy the cards if you want the cards. Um, and you just use it as a, because we, we often use the kind of misprints as almost like a, a special edition, the kind of mm. stuff. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I don't, I don't know what can be done about the quality of the cards. And I also think, you know, we need to think whether these cards will always just be like this or whether they will add some more metadata to, to the cards um, in order to make them more appealing. Because obviously people talk about moments and it's whether you can then add moments to existing cards yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I don't know whether like long-term just having, whether just this is just all it's going to be for the cards. And I think there's lots of projects out there, lots of crypto projects, lots of NFT projects that augment their initial image with, more data with more information and more more special stuff based on achievements and whatever and it would be good to see i think long term something like that happen with so rare and so rare cards given that you've got mm. so5 given that you've got lots of things you can kind of augment a card with to show why this card has something particularly special about it okay well i think uh we'll move on from the the liverpool side of things um but I think I I hear your point on that, and I think with NW buying them, it's funny. Like he maybe hasn't bought as many as we'd expect, but he's picked up all the new pieces that are maybe the new players in Liverpool kits. So he's he's kind of added to the collection. But um, something I wanted to move on to. Um, there's actually a couple of things I wanted to move on to. I found something really interesting there that I wanted to look at. Oh man, it's gone. Oh, it's something so fun to say. <laughs> Forget what it was. Um, so we'll move on to um there was a tweet went out from Paranet or So Rare. Yeah. Um I thought it was very interesting. So shout out to at Paranetor. NFT's trading volume down ninety-seven percent from January highs, but so rare since January is up four percent on trading volume in dollars, up eighty-one percent on trading volume in ETH, uh forty-eight percent more unique buyers, fifty-two percent more total transactions. Down thirty one percent in terms of dollars on an average sale value, and up almost twenty percent in average sale value in terms of ETH. So, Big Nick retweeted this, said facts. That's Nicholas, the, the <laughs> founder and CEO. If anyone doesn't know what I mean, and basically, um, that's took from Bloomberg Business the ninety seven percent drop, uh, the trading volumes. So, all in all, what this is kind of screaming is NFTs are having an absolute hernia this year. They crashed it many predicted. 
after all the the madness of 2020 and 2021 in terms of just a million shocking nft projects getting a lot of money yeah um big crashes but so rare in the face of that as seems to be going strong and it comes back to this point of maybe so rare not necessarily being an nft platform it's a fantasy football platform that utilizes nft technology and maybe that's the key but i don't know what are your thoughts yeah i think um this is a really really interesting point and it comes back to when i first initially invested in so so rare cards um so that was like i don't know like during the height of the of the bull market last year you know and i was taking out some money out of crypto and i was putting some in some cash and then i thought where else can i put that money and the reason why i like so rare is that it wasn't the most highly lucrative nft project it wasn't when everything was going up crazy and so rare was just kind of steadily doing its own thing and at that point i realized it's a it's a non-correlated asset you know it's not correlated to the crypto market it's not correlated to the um stock market because right now everything's crashing due to the stock market crashing um the economies are going to pot it's like a non-correlated asset because it's correlated to the performance of the teams and the performance of the players. And so what you're finding is that, you know, certain certain cards are going to pop because the players are not very useful or it's like a tier three and it's not very useful. But a lot of the quality players that are useful for SO5, their values are either staying steady or they're going up. And, mm-hmm. and that's because it's, an, it's just not correlated to the other markets. And so if you have a basket of... Um, a basket of so rare cards and you have the best cards and you know what you're doing, then you can store some value in the sorry, so rare cards. And on top of that, if you're good at SO5 and you enjoy playing SO5, you can yield more cards and more value out of those assets. And I, and I, and I, and I think like that's what, that's what so rare will be. And obviously it's going to have its down points, you know, if a player gets injured and your cards potentially going to lose value or if a player kind of gets a career ending injury that could be curtains for your cards unless there's some sort of collectability that comes into play but i think Mm -hmm. at the moment it's a it's a non-correlated asset which means that it can do well at times when other assets are doing badly um and i think that that makes it appealing to people that want to hedge against things that happen elsewhere in markets yeah, I think that, that that's the the interesting thing as we're seeing here, like NFT volumes doing this and so are volumes doing that. But ultimately, if your knowledge is better than everyone else's and you're a shit hot trader based off football news and what's happening in the world of football, you can make them. You can make infinite amounts of money, really, if you're if you're working hard and you're you know what you're doing. E- equally, you can lose a shit ton of money if you don't know Correct. what you're doing. So it is. It's that kind of like. I don't know, maybe floor prices on some other NFT projects that lack a bit of utility are a good indicator. But on so rare, I think there's 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 thousands of floors on different players. They're all like little individual. They're not different NFT projects, but they're all very different things you're speculating on. Whereas maybe if you buy one board ape versus another one, okay, one's hat might be a bit rarer, but like, you know, I don't yeah. know. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Wanted to give it a shout. Um, Sausages commented it on Twitter as we're recording, actually saying, "Can you silence the click of your mouse, please?" It took me a while to figure out what it was last week. I don't even know how I would physically do that. How on earth do you like silence a mouse click? 
I've no, no, no everyone's going to hear it. Do you know what I've done? I've pointed out something that no one was noticing, and now they're going to start noticing it, and they're all just going to unsubscribe and give me one star. Um, speaking of which, go and leave me five stars. It takes two seconds on Spotify. takes maybe ten on Apple. I love you forever. Um, okay, next thing. And neither of us really read this by the sounds of it, because I mentioned it to you before we hit record. <laughs> and you were like, whoa. We're, we're partnering with Plan A to build the world's first net zero gaming company. So in a nutshell, this is one of those carbon emission vibes where long-term objective of net zero by 2025, some stats on annual energy consumptions and how they're going to reduce it and all this stuff. Ultimately, the details are in the blog if you want to go and read it. It can only be positive. You know, there was a lot of negative sentiment more, um, I don't know, maybe around a year ago. I don't know when it was around the kind of how inefficient NFTs and crypto is and the Ethereum blockchain and how much energy it burns and how many turtles it kills and all that sort of stuff. Um, so this is only positive, I suppose, for, for that sentiment. I don't sure. think it's going to affect yeah. the market, but like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that kind of soft political... Airy fairy stuff. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's that. It's that. It's that stuff, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's positive. positive. It's, it's, not, it is it's positive. not negative. It's not negative. As yeah. long as it's not a distraction. Yeah. No. It, it's definitely positive, but it's not like something that's going to make us yeah. all go and buy an Mbappe. Yeah, I need to understand. I need to understand it a bit more to understand the I environmental think, implications. I think that's lovely for like boardrooms and negotiations and talking to people and being really forward thinking. And it is actually great. I really like it. But at the same time, in terms of everyone listening to this podcast, everyone's probably like, ah, yeah, that's nice. (laughs) And that's it. I reckon about 3% of us have read the full thing and cared, you know? Yeah. And I I think, I think there's obviously people probably outside of the solar ecosystem that would be very impressed by that sort of stuff. And I think it is important, yeah. kind of bigger picture. Um, but right now I've got my game so rare hat on and not my environmentalist hat on. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to stick in the game, John. I'm trying to stick yeah, in the okay, game. Okay. Okay. So, right. Uh, then other than that, there was a sort of announcements around the upcoming game weeks and what they're doing. Kickoffs back only at limited. I wanted it to be at unique because I want to come up and, and knock Nanzo out, you know, come up and he'll have all his uniques, but I'll compete with him fairly and better with my three uniques and I'll pick the best team and absolutely so, smash so, Nanzo. So what's this? What's this? What's this? Is this not one of those special? Is this one of those specials? Is that? Well, so the kickoff, I don't know if you remember the kickoff one. So how kickoff was meant to work is like in the super rare kickoff, you need one super rare and then you can fill it with limiteds or rares, whatever you want. The unique kickoff, you need one unique and then the rest can be whatever you want. So essentially I could come in with like proper top, top limiteds throw in one of my uniques who might get a 70 or an 80 and come up there and win decent cards. Now they haven't actually had any of these kickoff super rare uniques. Maybe they had a super one. I can't remember, but they're, they're doing it with limited this week. So I'm just hoping in the next few weeks we see it with a higher. Uh, what, what do you, what do you win? What do you win? Uh, I don't actually, let me see what are the prizes. So this one, they're doing it with limited where people just have to have like one limited, I think. And then they fill it up with commons. Okay. Uh, come, oh, two limited, up to two limited cards. And it's a perfect follow-up to the Academy. So it's it's very much a continuation of the the onboarding process for, for people in that sort of stage. But we aren't, yeah, so that's in game week 3-1-2. But what I'd, and again in game week 3-1-3, and then in game week 3-1-4, we're seeing it again. Uh, there's 500 limited cards up for grabs uh, uh, the weekends, I think. Okay, so, so in the unique, do you kind of win super rares? Is that the kind of idea in the 
I don't know because they haven't done it yet. That's my point. They announced it was coming and they still haven't ran a unique kickoff. Now they're doing it with a limited because that progression of time. But like my my progression is to push up to uniques. So I want to enter my unique or two that I have in kickoff, you know? So there, or even for people at rare pushing a super rare, they want to use the super rare that they've bought. You know, you want to incentivize people stretching to get one of these shocking tier three or tier two super rares to enable yeah. an entry to super rare kick. You know, if someone's a limited manager, a limited wheel, and super rare kickoff comes around, maybe they'll go and pick up a super rare to be able to enter and surround it by Mbappes and Gakbos. Do you know? So I don't know. It, it aids different parts of the market. It's just a game mode. I mentioned it last week that I'd like to see, and I was in, it was unfortunate when it wasn't here. That's that, my selfish take. Is that is that fair, John? Is that really fair? I don't think that's fair. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. I'm not complaining or anything, but you know, <laughs> <You're so I'm> <laughs> okay. Well, I need went, to get like I need to get someone who's willing to go like proper toe to toe with you. Like get you and Alex on a podcast <laughs> and just let you go at it. I won't even say a word. No, just, but 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 the thing is, right? What you got to realize, like from some from my perspective, they've launched a whole bunch of competitions that are just like the whole specialist, the whole underdog. All of these different side competitions, they're all aimed to get people, give people progression. And I get that and I accept that. But on the flip side, when I look at this game, I say, I I haven't not noticed that the fact that the actual cash rewards you get for the higher divisions have been nerfed. They've gone, they've gone way down. And that's because ETH dropped, but they almost kind of like said, do you remember a few weeks back, they flipped to showing it being cash as opposed to ETH. Yeah. So you'd win like one ETH or two ETH and whatever. And now it's like, <laughs> oh, you win $1,000 or $1,500. And they did that flip when ETH was really low. And it's almost as if the cash you win, if you come first place in whatever, is now a lot less than it would have been a year ago when ETH was a lot higher. Mm. And that's fine. But, you know, it, for me... Winning cards is great. However, I think there's a limit to how far this can go if all you do is win cards and just a little bit of Ethan cash. I think a lot more people get engaged in this game if the cash rewards go up, particularly mm. as you go up in the divisions. Because rather than just being lumped with a tier three that you're going to spend months and months trying to flog and you can't flog for a decent price or for love and money, um, you win some cash and you can put that towards a card that you actually do want to buy off an auction or whatever. And I, mm. and I, and for me, I think that that's a more, a more sustainable way of attracting people and keeping people. Good luck. I can tell you how it is once you get to the, the end of winning 60 tournaments or a thousand rewards, whatever you get pissed off with having so many rewards that you just can't sell for a good price. And what you don't want to do is just completely crash markets because you're just trying to, oh, I sell it half price. I don't want it anyway. Cause the knock on effect is that then becomes the price of that card. And that becomes the price of cars that are similar to that. So you don't mm. just want to flog them, even though I could. Um, you still want to get a fair value for them, or maybe like a 10% haircut or 5% haircut. Um, but they're just impossible to sell. And so you spend a lot, I spend a lot of time, which I feel is wasted, just trying to sell cards, <clears throat> you know, and it's not enjoyable. And the fact that you can only list them for two days is crap. Yeah, that's... I want to listen for seven days. You know, let let me listen for seven days. It's crap. And I think those kind of things, those kind of user experiences, as people get more successful, they're like, okay, I've won these rewards. Half of them are good. 
Half of them are complete crap. I want to sell the complete crap. Nobody wants to buy the complete crap. It just turns it into a into a less enjoyable user experience. Yeah, but imagine like the the options to like bundle sale, but you could bundle all your crap up that you know is worth probably an eighth, and you could say, look, someone come and take us for 0.75. You put in the work, and you can make yourself 0.25 eighth, or list for longer periods, or list them in your own little auction, or yeah. list them on a million different ways that the market could work but doesn't work. And it's actually something that hasn't been spoke about in a while because there's so many other things happening. Still, the the process of buying and selling cards and communicating with people is a shit show. And it should be more of a priority now because it's been crap for years. Yeah, I mean, it actually has been crap for years now. Because the idea is that you become successful and you win whatever the prizes are, whether that's a card, whether that's some ETH or whatever it is. But you don't then want to be like, well, actually, there's loads of people that are winning and they're not happy because it's like they've got a gallery which is half what they want and half stuff which they just can't get rid of. So Mm. you kind of want to make that experience of winning a great experience. Um, And I think kind of, I think because everybody that doesn't have cards just think all they want is cards. When I think once you start winning cards, you realize actually all I want is not cards. It's the right cards. It's probably one that I'd rather have Eve to go and buy the right cards. Right. yeah i hear you the one other thing that happened well well two big things that happened and we won't spend too long on it because we have been talked to death but um two new sports have been announced since we last spoke yeah it was yeah since we last spoke two new sports been announced with baseball and now with basketball and basketball's coming in i don't know within the next month we'd imagine um what were your thoughts on the new sports have you partook in either of them or have you not got the time yeah, so I look at it more just from a pragmatic point of view. Like if I've got, I don't know, let's say if I had 100 ETH invested in football cards, then it makes sense for me to have one ETH invested in baseball cards and one ETH invested in NBA cards, just as a hedge, because I don't know what's necessarily going to take off, take off mainstream. And to yeah. be around when those cards are being launched and not to actually have some sort of footprint there would be negligent on my on my behalf. So, mm. so like for me, I did that. I, I bought some baseball cards and my strategy for the baseball cards was just get some early mints. So I think I got the Shoney, what's his name? Heck the you, bit me on that. Yeah, the, 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 I got the limited, the first, very first limited of that. Yeah, you outbid me on that. Um, and so I got a few others that were kind of early mints, mainly limited. And, you know, if I spend 10 hours playing uh, football to spend 10 minutes to setting up a baseball lineup again is, is a no-brainer i know nothing about baseball i just yeah. picked what i think are players that are going to be playing and i just put out these teams and i've won some some baseball cards as a result of it and and i think that's probably a similar approach that i'll take with nba you know I, yeah. I won't spend too much time on it but if i'm spending like for every hour i spend on on football i spend a minute or two minutes on baseball and nba then that's probably a fair balance as to how I should treat it. Um, given that I'm around, you're there early doors. You never know how it's going to take off. Um, yeah. But just beyond my own selfish personal approach, just for so rare as a platform, I think these are massive, massive statements of intent. You know, to be able to lock down um, ML, MLB, to be able to lock down uh, NBA. Massive sports in America, multi-year deals. Um, it really does show 
that sports organizations around the world are valuing the product. Um, mm. And that's only going to stand it in good stead. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's easy to undersell it if all you're thinking about is football, 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 blah, 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 blah. But the cornering of this market <laughs> is just going to be so priceless for the long-term stability of, of SoRare as a, as, a, as a platform. And that's what really kind of makes me bullish when I see, see these things happen. Yeah. Like, wh- why would um, hockey or the NFL, I know the NFL have got other, um, another partnership or whatever, but like, why would other sports potentially in the future, if they're in a boardroom and negotiating and people are trying to buy, buy rights to do whatever, are you going to go with the, the people that have pretty much every single football team in the world, apart from the Premier League, um, they have Liverpool and they have the MLB and they have the NBA, which are massive sports, or are you going to go with whoever else? So it's that cornering of the market and that just increasing so rare status in the whole space. Uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's incredible. And if you're not into them, you're not into them. You know, focus on where your, your edge is, focus on where your knowledge is. If you're on a bigger budget, and again, I've bought a, few mlb cards and i haven't a notion what i'm at but i've spammed in lineups and i've come up with a few nice rewards do you know yeah, i've come up yeah. with a few nice rewards one of willie adam is i think i think in the limiteds now again i bought pretty decent players but i mean i've came like of the 2000 entrants each time in the limit i've came like top 20 and then i came eighth like doing all right and i got a rare reward for that um so now i have a rare and i'm starting to think you know what maybe i should build a wee rare team and just run it and see what happens. Cause even like when I look at your gallery there on so rare MLB and even, okay, even mine, whatever, both the same, it's just reward, 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 yeah, reward, yeah. reward. Yeah. Um, the only player I've bought since I built that initial team two months ago, which has won me six rewards. I bought a guy, Robbie Ray, because it was about one o'clock in the morning. I'd had a couple of beers. I was about to go to bed and I said, you know what? I'll see if there's any MLB on big Robbie Ray was playing for the Mariners. I don't even know who he was playing. I think he was against one of the teams of the guys I had. Um, I was waiting for my guy to come to a bat and now Robbie Ray was pitching and the commentator told a story about his tight pants. He wears these really <laughs> tight bottoms um, and that's his thing. And apparently there's, I don't know if there's songs about it or they, they comment about it or the his teammates or it's part of his lucky thing now that he just wears these really, really tight white pants. <laughs> um, and yes, they called them pants because they're American trousers. Um, so Robbie Ray was bought right there and then nice. off the market for 15 quid because you know i needed to have some robbie ray in my life and he's go. went on i think to contribute to winning stuff so um yeah there's my little take on it uh, but baseball basketball ultimately good news since the last time we spoke 100 percent, 100 percent. the right let's see if there's a question or two we can take um unless there's anything else you want to talk about before we do this and then we'll wrap up in a, in a wee bit uh anything else i think one, one thing that has been that I have been thinking about. Um, and that's just, I don't think that so rare um, play up the whole kind of leaderboard or the whole kind of SO5 competition enough. Um, we know this man loves to compete. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because, I, you know, look, I get that this isn't the most exciting thing to watch or to look at, but I think we need to be forward thinking. Like if, for example they were able to get some sort of football licenses to show TV, to show um, matches. Let's say Bundesliga 2 matches, for example. Um, The idea that I could go to a page and I could see the leaderboard and I can see how the leaderboard is being affected by the match and other matches. You know, maybe Mm. I could have a scroll at the top that tells me when the decisive happens and how that's affecting the leaderboard. 
I can flick through leaderboards. I can go through the limited leaderboard. I can go through the, the, the rare leaderboard, the unique leaderboard. And I can see how in real time that's going up and down, who's moving where, you know, and it, it adds it more if you're near the top or you can see where you're going and whether you're going to get a reward. And as it's, as the games are playing, you can watch how your teams and other people's teams are performing. I yeah. think that is kind of where we need to go with this product. And if you think that if, if they want to really corner a market, you know, I, I go on things like bet three, six, five to go and watch games. I don't know if you, anything similar to go and watch japanese games or whatever yeah so, paddy par generally paddy par, i think they've lost a few licenses but yeah. yeah so so the licenses the online licenses are there now i don't know how much they cost or whether they're out of the, the range or whatever but i'm sure for even somebody more school school leagues you can just get some football going um and if you can get the bigger licenses and while those games are going on you can see how they're affecting the leaderboards how things are going i think I would like to see something like that. Not maybe not for this year, next year, but kind of down the road, you know, because that's going to draw people in. Because if I support a random La Liga to, I don't know, St. Etienne or whatever, and I know I can go and watch their game on so rare platform, I'm going to go and watch that game. And then I'm going to go and look around. And I'm going to be like, oh, this is quite interesting. What's going on here? What does this, what does this mm. mean? What's, what's happening here? And, you know, if you only have to kind of deposit, I don't know, $10 worth of thief in order to watch the games, then... I think that that's a way to just bring in the average football fan who just wants to watch some football, just wants to watch a team and to introduce them to this concept that there is a game, there's a gamification of these football matches that they might want to get involved in on some level. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. And further, furthermore, listen to me, sound like a BBC news presenter. Furthermore, um, I think like what's really interesting is like, in terms of like it is very much your game week is you against the world you're in your so rare data app seeing how you are seeing how far away you are from a tier one how far away you are from a star how far is this how far is that but being able to create um through so rare should do this itself i think uh, on so rare data you can have watch lists and stuff and you can look at game week performance but a really easy intuitive way for you to have like a little club with your mates or or people who you care about competing or maybe you just yeah. add the managers to it yourself they don't even need to know they're on yours um and you have your own leaderboard, your phone through the week and seeing who's doing what. And okay, let's let's look at who's doing best in under 23s, who's doing best here, who's doing best there. Um, like that does create the competition. And they spoke, I remember about two years ago, back in the really early days. By the way, this week is my two-year anniversary. 28th December 2020. There we go. Um I remember they talked about like clans almost, like a clan thing. Yeah. Like imagine, and I, this is a tangent again, imagine you could pick your bros and or, or your sisters and uh, you could be like, all right, let's all submit one card this week. One, each person submits one card and that goes towards this clan wars type vibe. Or It's about creating that community and that competition. There's yeah. so much they could do in that front between actually putting people in the community against each other. Remember like, uh, was it Christmas 2020 that they... Was it the So Rare World Cup or something where the people from all over the world had to pick? Or was it in the summer? I can't even remember. But they had like people from the community, you know, it was a much smaller community then, put yeah. into different teams and you had to pick players from certain countries and was all that sorts on, of stuff. Was that on Discord or was that the Discord thing? Or I think it, it, yeah, I think it was organized separately. I can't even remember, but like they put up prizes and I've seen them put up even like XP as prizes before and different mm-hmm. things. Like there's so much that could be done that it's frustrating when so little seems to be well they are doing a lot but whenever a lot of it isn't done um but yeah there's only so many heads and bodies in that building at the minute to, to actually make these things happen but 
I like your idea around the leaderboards. I think they could lean into it a bit more because at the minute you don't even go to so rare to look at leaderboards. You don't give a shit about about yeah. it. Yeah, you, you got to kind of so, scores. Oh, you got to so data and uh, and maybe you go there. I mean, when you when I'm often at the top of the leaderboard and I know that maybe one person can bump me off or like I need a good performance for one of my players, then that feeling that you get, yeah, that's by looking at you know you're looking at it, you're watching the minutes go by and you're like, oh shit, he's gone up, oh he's lost his double double or whatever, and it's like oh shit, shit, shit. That feeling you get is 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 something that if you can capture that in some way. Um, so that everybody can see it and view it and be have some buy-in into that. I think it's, it's, it's golden. It's golden. They should try and do mm. that in some way. Um, there's another question. We're going to move on to questions, right? Bang out one or two of them and then go. Yep. One's from Hoodwink, and it's more a thread that he's linked. It's about loans. But he said it's a bit different thoughts on this thread, and I don't know if you can find this in your screen. He said it's very likely against the rules currently. Would we'll be, we'll be happy to see something? Would we? Would you be happy to see something like this implemented by Sora? Would that kill the market? Pros and cons. So it's basically someone in the community put out a tweet, um, and it's basically about this guy Thomas Fox, who's DMing everyone. I've seen him actually reply to someone under one of my posts. Um, hey, such and such, do you play Sora? Mind if I DM you? Mind if I DM you? Can I send you a DM? Blah 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 to everyone who he sees talking about Sora. Yeah. And I think this is like a loan service. I've seen some website about it. I can't be asked giving it airtime, and I actually forget what it was called. But it seemed to be more of an official loan service where you pay X amount to loan the card, no collateral needed type of vibe. You just have to give your your ID or something. And it's like a third-party service that's doing it. Now, that seems against... Is it against the rules? Is that collusion? I don't know. Loans and that loans. vibe. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I... I have my own personal standards when it comes to loans. And that's probably just part of having the gallery that I've got is that I never loan out and I never loan cards just mm. because I feel it's not in the spirit for someone like me to be loaning out. So and no, I've got, like I said, 85% of my cards are sitting there not doing anything. So I'd be ideal to loan out some brilliant cards to people uh, and make some money off of that. But to me, that's just not in the spirit of the game as it stands at the moment. Um, so I don't loan out. But I get how people who are playing limiteds might want to loan cards or if you're playing rares and you might want to loan cards. And so I'm not really trying to hold anything against people doing that and I'm not on a crusade against it. But I think for someone like me to be loaning or get involved in loaning, it just isn't worth my while, it isn't worth the hassle, isn't worth the negative implications for myself. And I can do well enough without loaning. However, I do Mm. think that if loaning is going on, then you might as well standardize it. You might as well import it into the platform. And it should be a way in which, you know, people can earn additional revenue. And something which I think is important is that Sorare should take a fee. They should take a fee for transfers. They should take a fee for loans. Because I think this, if their only monetization is just auctions, 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 that doesn't fill me with, that's the one part that I think won't fill me with much confidence because there's a limit to which you can just auction stuff off. And I think they're being quite good at their auctions. Like they don't auction all thousand cards, all thousand limiteds for everybody. They hardly ever do that. They don't, they don't auction all hundred or whatever. It's a maximum of that. And so they, they they strategically auction. (laughs) And sometimes it can piss people off because it's like, we know what you're doing. It's quite cynical. You know, someone's got a hat trick and now you're auctioning their unique or whatever. But 
that works in a way to to kind of limit the supply. It's not overflooding the market. But I just feel like just having other ways in which they can monetize it and bringing those fees in and having loans and stuff like that, it'll be an interesting experiment because what you don't want mm. it to do is you start loaning and it completely fucks everything up. Mm. So, but I think it'd be something to either they, for them to comment on to, and to say why they're not doing it or to say they're going to do it and here's why we're going to do it or whatever. But I think having yeah. no comment on it is probably the worst scenario. They should comment on it. If they're not doing it, why they're not doing it and why they think the game theory might be messed up if they do it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's it's almost like my viewpoint in drugs, which we're not going to get into, which may be completely against your thoughts or anyone <laughs> listening, but it's almost like I think like while things are illegal or questionable or in this grey area, it leads to confusion, abuse, and dodgy situations where people lose money in cards. I almost feel like if there, it is like, the reason I bring up drugs is like, I, I'd be kind of a, a fan of legalize it all and regulate the fuck out of it so that it's safe. At least when people do it, it's kind of the same with the loans. This is a weird analogy uh, <laughs> where, you know, legalize the fuck out of it, control it, take a fee and have it all legit and above board and right there easily tracked. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen. So why not just take control, get your cut and keep it safe for everyone involved? I don't get why they don't do that on SoRare. But again, it's probably just like every single problem I see. I don't think the idea is bad. I don't think they could sit across from you in a boardroom and say the ideas are bad. I think it's very much a case of legwork and actually making it happen. <laughs> They're just afraid of breaking things um, or don't have the people. So, right. Any other questions we're going to answer and then we'll go. This one got a few likes. So we'll pick this one and then we'll wrap up. Dustin Wood, here's one. Curious on your take on Sora dropping a big name MLS or on dropping the big name MLS transfers in this week. Um, cool because they finally arrived and maybe World Cup utility or not cool cash grab with just a few games left in the MLS season. So basically towards the end of the season and um, now some of the top MLS summer signings are now available on the market. This was a few days ago. So releasing the biggest names in the MLS now do yeah, you care? I, uh, yeah, I think it's. I think. I think what actually happened is that there were some transfers because obviously the MLS transfer window runs during the season. So over the summer they've got the transfer window. If I'm right, and people like Gareth Bell was in, and what's his name? Is it Cuco Hernandez at Columbia, uh, um, Columbus? The Crew ones here, came, yeah, Cucho Hernandez, in. Gareth yep. Bale, Hector Herrera, and Ricky Puig. Ricky, yes. Puig. So those are all people that came in the summer, and so they wouldn't have had the cars initially. And so the question is, you know, do they just wait till next season to release them or do they get them out and get them into people's hands and let people use them? And it's not a cash grab because you can use them next season. A cash grab would be you could only use them this season and there's only a couple of games left. But they're all players that you'd want for, well, other than maybe Gaffel, <laughs> you'd want for a period of time. And so, you know, I, I don't see how that's a cash grab. I think it's just getting, you know, they know there's, a, there's going to be a demand for them, and they're getting them out there. I, I, don't, I just don't think I don't think it's a problem. You know? Yeah, I think it's one of those where if they could have had them out at a better time, they would have. But it's probably around yeah. the images and all the rest, as you say. You know, it's it's one of those where I don't think it's that big an issue. I don't I don't go like not cool cash grab. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's kind of like yeah, we'd like them earlier, but ultimately people are going to want them. Building towards next season, you may as well get them out. And I mean, if people people should value them as such based on the, where we are in the cycle on the MLS market. You know, if people go and pay through the roof because it's the first mint, I mean, that's kind of on them. Um, 
okay, we're going to wrap up with the 137 game. Uh, if anyone here is is listening or about to hit the door, please do subscribe uh, to catch this podcast every week. Like this if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you are, just do the nice thing. Um, and uh, yeah, another couple of huge guests coming actually in October. Uh, another so rare employee will be on. Um, and we also have another one, probably the one of the biggest galleries coming next week controversial they might support liverpool um so <laughs> last week's guest hendo last week's guest hendo picked mcgregor and gordon who were up against ireland in game week 308 they only managed 93 points between them which left them a bit off the 137 total there's now 308 euro in the charity prize pot nanzo i've changed things about here basically i'm gonna have you pick two players from game week 310 you can pick three or four or five pick as many as you want 310 um, and you have to try and hit 137 points. And if you get close, I'm going to give Charlie some money. So go for it. No pressure. Uh, let me go for two players that I've mentioned. Why not go for Wendell? And, yeah, uh, so he's Jam- getting 100. Maybe I'm being a bit too... Oh, maybe they're going to just really blow through it, but I'm going to go for it. And Jao Mario for um, Benfica. <laughs> I'll take they, it. They, they, they might blow through it, but if they blow through it, then Mark Teams will do really well. If they don't blow through it, yeah. then, you know, it, it's some, it probably something good for you, right? Hedging, yeah. A good, a good, a good for charity. Exactly. Good for charity <laughs> shit for my bank account. So, um, Nanzo, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to plug or anywhere people can find you? No, 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 no. Nothing to plug just yet. I mean, we did speak at one point, I think last time we spoke yep. a while back about some ideas that I potentially had on maybe doing some content, but I don't know, maybe I need to um, work on my trolling game and troll less before I get involved in content. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> Being controversial, you know, it gets the engagement. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah that could yeah. work. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But for now, I'm just going to just work on grinding. The grinding is is fun. And yeah, come compete, you know. Come, come, come compete. Get come, at come. him on Twitter, <laughs> at Nanzo Scoop. Go and give him some shit. Uh, okay, so thanks a million. I'll see you again. All right, nice one, too. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a review like, and you can find us both on Twitter. We'll see you again next week for another huge episode. Bye-bye. Thank you.